And this is a reminder that all creatives need to remember. Your clients are leaning on you as the expert. Never believe that their feedback is solidified in stone and they're telling you what to do. You almost have to look at everything they ask you with a question mark on the end. Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Creative Truth. Today, I'm joined with a special guest, Chrissy Robinson from coloraddict.com, a branding and design uh, firm out of Michigan, serving clients all over the country and uh, possibly abroad as well. Um, Chrissy, to start out the uh, this, this episode, could you just tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yes. So I am a brand strategist and creative director. So that just means I work with my creative team to do all types of like marketing projects, web design. I also am a consultant and with consulting, I consult with my uh, entrepreneur, business owner clients to help them strategize in their business, setting up different processes, automation, all that fun stuff we do. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much me in a nutshell, kind of what I do. How'd you, uh, how'd you did you go to school for that? <sighs> that's a great question. No, I did not. I'm actually self-taught. Um, I always had a passion. I did go to school for business. So from some of the business strategic pieces of things I still use today. Um, but I did teach myself. I, ironically enough, I didn't even know graphic design or any kind of design outside of interior design. When I was younger, I didn't know that. Like, you don't know what you don't know. I wasn't exposed to it as a child. So I didn't even know it was an option. But if I would have, I definitely I definitely would have went to school for it. Maybe not. I'm actually, I don't regret my, anything in my journey whatsoever. So maybe not. <laughs> a lot of artists have, um, you know, a natural draw to the the creative side of things, but they lack the business acumen. So I think probably going to school for business was helpful. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I hear that feedback quite a bit, a lot of freelancers. So my Instagram content is catered towards like freelancers, designers, creatives in general. And that's the piece that really they lack is the business systems. They love what they do, but sometimes the business can really make you hate the work. It really does. Like I literally get messages all the time. Like, I think I want to quit at least once a week. I literally get that message. I just, the call before you, that's literally what I was doing was talking to someone off the ledge relax. Let's, let's figure out a solution to this. So absolutely. The business side is stressful. So what was like the first thing that got you in? Was it design the, like the first um, bud? Like, or what, 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 what was the first thing that got you interested in this? So when I first started, I was actually doing hand painted murals. So oh. I was always really creative. Cool. Um, there's actually one over my shoulder. It's like a little Batman eating a donut and there's like sprinkles on it. <laughs> Uh, so it was like little fun uh, cartoons doing silly things. And then that kind of grew into me. People were wanting more custom stuff and wanted their names and stuff for the kids and all kinds of stuff. And then I got a job in technology as a business analyst and the VP of the company gave me a laptop and literally he took a liking to me. He's like, what systems do you want on here? And I was very brave and I asked for Photoshop and Illustrator, even though I didn't re really need them for my job, but he gave them to me. And I made my first pepper <laughs> for something. I can't remember, it was a small project I was working on. I made like a little pepper cartoon. It was terrible. I wish I could find it. I wish I could find it. Um, but from there, I just kept trying different new projects. I took a very realistic approach to learning these tools 
rather than trying to learn like all of it, I would have a problem or something I was trying to do. I would see something. Oh, I love that glitter. And I would try to replicate it in the tool. And so slowly but surely, I learned the majority of the functionality. Like Illustrator Photoshop is one of those things where you really only need to know like 20% to do like 100% of the work. The 80% is like the razzle dazzle, don't really use it on a day-to-day -day basis. So that's kind of how I grew into it. I've always had that passion for business. And then um, just and working in tech, being exposed to how software is built, being exposed to the user experience of things really just started to excite me a little bit too much. And now I'm here and it's what I do. <laughs> do you work with certain kinds of business owners or entrepreneurs in particular? Not intentionally, but a, a lot of certain types of business entrepreneurs gravitate to me. So I have a lot of coaches. I have a lot of minority run businesses. Um, a lot of women-owned businesses, and um, that's pretty much it. I do have some, like, product-based companies that I work with, but a lot of service-based, and that's not really intentional, but that is what tends to gravitate my way. Is there one industry or element of what you do that you just love and that you get excited about? Yeah, I really, I really get excited about service-based business. And it's funny because I used to actually be the opposite. I used to be really intimidated by service-based because service-based makes you sell you. <laughs> like there's no way getting around it where products you're, you can kind of hide. So I really enjoy doing service-based because the brand strategy work. So that's like the client profiles, the messaging, the tone, outside of visual identity, of course, but that's included in brand as well. Um, that stuff's really, really fun to do because you kind of have to go deeper. Like so many of my clients, they ask for the strategy sessions after because they learn so much even about themselves. You know, oftentimes as humans, we can just generalize way too much up here. And so when someone's asking you those probing questions, you're like, ah, oh, that is kind of how I shine. So it's almost introducing you to you when we do service base, if that makes sense. <laughs> Um, with this, with uh, the Creative Truth podcast, uh, a lot of it is just shining light on creative professionals like yourself. And a lot of people aren't um, used to thinking of what they do as a creative, you know, career or or themselves as artists or creative people. Um, so that's that's basically what I'm trying to do is is discover, you know, what it is about Chrissy that makes you. Uh, drawn to this type, type of career path. And then from there, other people that are listening, inspire them to, you know, go down that path or find what works for them. Uh, are there things that you did along the way that you decided maybe this isn't the right fit for me or um, stuff you didn't like? Yeah. So when I, um, color addicts, wasn't the first business and definitely wasn't the last. So in the midst of things, I had started doing event planning as a business under the name of effortless event design. And with that, I'm still doing a lot of graphic design because, I, you know, events have all the little int intricate things. But working with that was tough. And then I also had another business where I was doing um, gym apparel accessories and that kind of stuff. I was really into working out at the time. And uh, with that, what I learned was that I feel very often that a lot of entrepreneurs or just creatives in general, we do too much. We have, we're multi-passionate, multi-layered, multi-dimensional folks who are trying to stream everything into one. And so we end up creating all of these things, but in order to truly be successful, you have to focus. 
have to focus because at the end of the day, especially as a solopreneur, we only have like us, right? Unless you have a team, which most people don't start with that. You have to build that essentially. You have to get people to champion behind your brand. But what I realized was like kind of spreading myself thin amongst all these different things. Although passionate in, it just was not working out for me. And so I feel, especially as creatives, because usually creatives, they are not just one. Like graphic designers may also like to paint. Or um, if you're an interior designer, you may also like to do crafts. Like we are, as creatives, we're naturally. And I also like to make the argument that everyone is creative. That's just me. But as creatives, (laughs) yeah. So as creatives, we naturally have lots of ideas and, and inventions and innovative just thoughts running around and it's important to focus and not get distracted by that stuff it's okay to have like you know passion projects and stuff when it comes to like building a business out of it you really want to do the thing and you're going to learn this over time I hate to make I hate to set unrealistic unrealistic expectations I I encourage people to explore to almost treat business as a science project I say it all the time that as business owners we are like business scientists, you know, we're, we're drawing experiments, trying this out, drawing conclusions, hypothesis, testing theories, and then we're coming together and saying, you know what, I like that, I don't like that. So I just tell people to explore and don't, you know, get so stuck on things. Sometimes we can just stick with things so long because I don't really know what as humans makes us want to commit so hard, but things change over time and just be open to that. And that's one of the things I really had to learn in the beginning because I was one of those perfectionists who had to like strive for perfect and then don't touch it because we work so hard on it. You know, that's why we can't let go because I've spent 17 hours and I'm committed now. Do not let this go, whatever it is. Yeah, there is a certain level um, as a artist or creative person, whether it's a boss or a client, they are gonna have feedback that might go directly against your artistic vision. And so you have to kind of remove your emotion from that project a little bit to just know like, all right, I don't, that's not how I would do it, but I, I can't take it personally because that's not exactly what whoever it is is looking for. So yeah, you have to, you, you kind of learn that through time too. Mm-hmm. Um, how long have you, um, now we met through a cold email and, uh, and uh and, it, and then I watched your video introducing yourself, which is a part of the business system that you're helping create for your clients. And mm-hmm. I was like, this is genius. This is something I'm going to implement for sure. Um, so like how, uh, how often are you connecting with other podcasters and how, what's your involvement with the podcast world? So I just, like I said in that video, I have like an intense, intense passion to get really clear, concise and actionable actionable information out. Um, I feel a lot of people are, are just touching the surface level and it doesn't really take much to go a little bit deeper. Um, so in all the inter- interactions that I do, I try to uh, make sure that I'm communicating clearly and giving giving their listeners like practical steps of what they need, whatever roadblock they're, they're you know, coming up to. But as far as like how I engage, um, my admin actually does a lot of that for me. Uh, So she reaches out, she scopes out different people who kind of have a very similar passion as I, just sharing with the world and with no expectations in return, right? That's that's a beautiful thing. A lot of people are so focused on like their bottom line or, you know, sales pitch, right? How can I turn this into? And then by the way, you can, if you spend $2.99 more, you know, they're into that. 
Um, but we we scope out different podcasts for me to just, you know, become part of the community and just provide my insight, whatever that is. And I always tell whosoever podcast I'm on, it's, it's not so much like a certain pitch I'm trying to give. I'm really just trying to figure out what's the missing piece in your particular podcast so I can appeal to that if possible, or I can recommend someone. I'm always open to tying threads. But uh, for me, it's just kind of like a passion thing for me to make sure that I'm hitting as many people as possible. That's awesome. I think that's, I think that's a, like the beauty of a uh, podcast is that you don't know where people are going to be from or, or what their backstory is. And yeah, it's, it's, I've been really enjoying it. Um, what's, uh, what's some of the best advice you've gotten along the way? That was given to me. Yeah. And, and possibly was it a, a family member, a teacher, a friend, a mentor? So I was actually, I actually had a coach in the very early stages who showed me one of the most, I would argue, probably the, the most important thing in business, which is your energy, right? And what you believe. Like, so I think as, especially in the early stages, when you're a full-time entrepreneur, you no longer have that nine to five, like cushion, you can really get caught up about your money problems, right? Like the inconsistency and the desperation and the lack mindset comes off. And honestly, you can see it, feel it, everything. I just literally met with a client the other day and she sent me some videos of a workshop she did. I was like, you can feel like, I was like, was no one there or something? She was like, yeah, nobody was there. And I was like, yeah, you can feel it. I need you to show up 100% and talk to that screen like they've never been able to talk to, you know, like still show up and be you. Don't don't get discouraged or, you know, disappointed. And as advice that I give to all of my clients every single, really every single day is like, well, pay attention, watch your own videos, watch your own like body language and, and pay attention to the person you're in the call with because you can notice certain body language changes, right? Open means you're open for the conversation. But if you, if I say something and you start to kind of, I'm like, what did I say? Or how am I coming off? So just being like open and aware on an intuitive level, but then also like energetically what you are putting out and paying attention to what's being given to you. Again, when we get so caught up on sales, it's almost like we lose track of like what's happening in the moment. Mm. So it's- you- really eye-opening do you ever get caught up in your own head thinking about how you're coming across and how you're posturing and then you're like not thinking about actually what's going on in the conversation because that's something I've worked on is just being really present in the conversation so it's hard to focus on all those things at once (laughs) yes I think you get really good after time so um, I go live every week on my Instagram and so like you I interview different guests and stuff and I have caught myself like looking up at myself and seeing you know I have a resting bee face so (laughs) if I'm not smiling it looks like a mess so I'm constantly like trying to remember smile or nod or something don't just sit there like a deer in the headlights Uh, so it is like a healthy balance but I think you get used to it over time and you also get used to like playing around with different poses and stances of trying to be open and engaging. I think if you focus on the audience or even just the other person, you don't really necessarily have to worry about how you're coming off. Um, But I do always watch. I always watch the replays. In the moment, you want to be present. You want to pay attention. You want to be, if you're so focused on yourself and what your face is doing, you can get distracted. And next thing you know, you're talking about something else or you didn't respond or there was, oh, I meant to say that. So I just focus on whoever I'm talking to. 
if it's an audience, if it's one person and try to um, watch the replays and just grow and just use it. Like sometimes I'm like, oh, I, I was using my hands way too much. Or like I have this habit where when I'm really focused on something, I chew the side of my tongue. You'll see it sometimes. It's weird. <laughs> um, but when I, I watch this back, I'll say, <laughs> yeah, I'll be like, and then, <laughs> it's really, really weird. Um, but just knowing yourself, like me personally, and this is the journey that I'm on is mastering self. The business is great, right? That's all great. The creative side, it's all great. But I want to master myself and understand how I communicate, understand the best way that I can get across to people, how I can, like, for example, I speak very fast. So it's something that I'm doing in the back of my mind all the time. If you think this is fast, you can listen, you should listen to me really speak. So I'm constantly like, talk slower, calm down, breathe between words. Like, so this is a journey. And I think it's embracing that journey, but then also like looking at yourself from an analytical perspective and saying, how can I be better? Does that make sense? Supported. Yeah, absolutely. I also find that what I tend to do naturally is just match the energy of the person I'm. So if they're kind of, you know, down here, I'll, I'll kind of notice that I'll do that or I'll try and come up to that person's level. And that just, I think, like you said, just kind of comes with time and and practice pretty much. I would even say, I would even argue if I can push a little bit. I would yeah, say sure. be authentic, 100% you. Even if the person is super low or super high because your, your audience, your brand essentially is being consistent in that. And if every time you're like trying to match, you're gonna feel, I feel like it's, it distracts you. Like sometimes I'll get really excited when I'm talking to someone because their energy is so close to mine. And then we like end up talking about random stuff and we got people watching, you know, like there's a reason why they're sitting here, their precious time. So I just say, just be authentically you, whether you're low or high or, you know, whatever, just be you you know, and just critique you. That's why I said, when you're looking at the recording, look at yourself and then also look at how people are responding to you. Sure. How do you distinguish between yourself and your own identity and your brand and your business? Or where's that line? Or is it a, is there a line? I am starting to realize there isn't really a line. It depends on what kind of business you have, of course, but I think business has evolved over time. So when I went to business school, it was very like, snuffy you know mission statements and you know writing all these core values integrity and perseverance it was all about like the sticky parts of business that no one really cares about today people really want to know and this is because of social media by the way mm -hmm. theory, at least people want to know the owners they want to know the company the experience what the team member experience is like they may not be asking for it but they're naturally interested in those things so i get, did this exercise with a client recently and i asked her how can you build customer delight she was stumped stumped i said okay name one company that you love working with she, immediately she came up with that one i said what do you love about them she's like well, they're so attentive and they always, they always, you know, remember my name and they do this and they do that. And just all of these little love, little touches, nothing really significant. They weren't like doing anything innovative here. And I think what that says to the person is that they truly care and that the brand, they get to experience the brand a little bit more. The brand is so much more than the visuals, the logo and all that stuff. It's the experience of you and your company. And it's, let's just say, if you're a product-based company and you're listening to this and you're like, how can I implement this? It's how you talk about your products. 
It's why you have a product company. Maybe you have hair pieces for people who are, you know, suffering from like alopecia or something. You need to speak about that. People care about the story and they care about how well you articulate the story. Um, so many like nuances here and there. Like people are like, oh, should I say, you know, sis or, you know, should I talk professional? Be you, be authentically you, because nine times out of 10, there's a whole group of people out here in the world that are just like you or love to hear information that you have to get. So just cater to them. Don't worry about anyone else that wants to hear it a different way. Um, how much, where do you kind of draw the line on how, how much you feel accountable for the success of the business that you're helping coach? Because sometimes I'll see a business and I'm like, oh, I mean, I'll help you develop that brand, but I don't know if that's really a feasible business idea. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean, especially from a creative standpoint and a coach. I think if we're talking about from really any standpoint, I guess, if you are coming from a place of like, like there are some clients that I'm super, well, all my clients, I'm invested in their success, right? And there are some totally. really, really bad business ideas or bad um just ideas in general of like, or feedback, even you mentioned how a client may have feedback and you disagree with it. And I actually, if you disagree with it, I actually say, um, I'm almost hesitant to say this because there is a, there is a, um, a delicate way to do this. Mm -hmm. The client is trusting you as the expert. And so you have a position to try to, I don't want to use the word educate, or persuade, but try to present the strategy. So for example, I'll give a, a practical example. Actually, right now, I had a meeting on Monday and the logos that we came up with for my client, she wasn't really like ecstatic about any of them. So what we did was, is we hopped on a call with her as an hour and 15 minute call. And I actually pulled them up and pulled up kind of how we got there and decisions that we made which is a pro tip for people when you can, I, I can't afford it all the time, but when you can present your strategy, don't just send them an email with proofs, right? Present it because then they hear as to like the decisions that were made and they start to understand. And so basically what, what had, what happened was um, she, she was looking for something a little bit more uh, stereotypical of a logo. So, and I'm of the belief that every single cleaning company doesn't have to have a broom in it. Like, uh -huh. you know, like initials, right. <laughs> and every single company doesn't have to be named so-and-so creations or so-and-so incorporate, like, you know, that you can get more creative. Um, and I feel like, and just talking to the client and, and educating her on this and she's realizing, you know what? Yeah, that actually doesn't make sense. No other business. What does Target do? If you only saw their logo and you never knew what Target does. What about Nike? If you just saw their logo, what would you be able to say that they do? nothing right so no other business thinks like this but as entrepreneurs and i know why we are too concerned about how everyone knowing everything at every time and at every moment so you want the logo to to communicate what it is that you do when in reality you should be opening your mouth and saying what it is that you do or you should be having social media graphics or email etc 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 right so we're doing too much all the time. And so to answer your question, you work with the client to get them where they need to be. Um, and don't get me wrong, sometimes you have people who are really persistent. And I tell my clients all the time, you don't have to listen to me. 
but I, I'm here to catch you when you fall, right? I'm here to catch you when you realize that broom in your logo actually sucks and people think it's something else, you know? I'm here for you, but we will do whatever you think is best because at the end of the day, what I have come to learn, especially as a coach, that people have to hit their head. You can tell them all day, there's a pothole right up there at that corner. When you make a right, go into the furthest lane. There's a pothole ahead. Please pay attention. And they're like, mm, oh, oh, she told me that was there. And she's, they're going to hit it again and again. And then finally, when they blow out a tire, they'll be like, I'm never taking the street again. <laughs> she told me. Uh, I was thinking of... Um... I'm in the I'm in the video business, so I was thinking of a movie trailer and a, an effective movie trailer. When it when you know it's two minutes long, when it's over, you want to go out and see the movie. You don't have to tell every beat of the movie and tell them everything that happens, and then they're like, "Oh, there's no point." You know, you want to leave people wanting to know more and being curious, and yeah, and it, like the little bit of mystery actually goes a long way if you're a cleaning company or whatever, you know? Exactly, exactly. And in that same scenario, your, your clients, and this is a reminder that all creatives need to remember, your clients are leaning on you as the expert. Never believe that their feedback is solidified in stone and they're telling you what to do. You almost have to look at everything they ask you with a question mark on the end. They're like, what do you think? But they're just saying it as a statement. They truly don't know if they knew they would do it themselves or they would give you a sketch and you would just put it together or they would give you, you know, a storyboard for the video and you would just bring it to life, but they don't know. So it's up to you to be confident in talking about your strategy and how you came to the solution that you came to. Um, uh, how do you price graphic design? Because some people are like, what do you mean my logo is going to be $3,000? Whether it's, you know, $200, two, people think $200 for a logo is a lot. They're like, it's just a logo. But there's so much that goes into it. How do you how do you price that out for for clients? Yeah. So for us, I use value based pricing, um, and then I would say for anyone, right? Because again, I like to be very actionable, but I'll also tell you about my process as well. For anyone, I would say at least know the bare minimum of what you what you need to make to stay. <laughs> with the lights on in your house, right? <laughs> to make sure you have food to drink or food to drink, food to eat <laughs> and drinks to drink. Um, but what I do, so I do factor that in as well, but then I also add in um, kind of like a value-based uh, pricing. And honestly, I price in a range. So I, as a creative, um, I'm not sure how big they are. Sometimes I say their name and no one knows, but the future had on more Janda, I think is his name. And they did a pricing um youtube video and i, I literally send it to people all the time yes mm -hmm. and so that model of like this flexible pricing so to be perfectly honest i might charge someone in the first class say i have a, a consultation at at 12 o'clock you know noon and i might have a call and i charge them four thousand dollars and i close and say i'm I, now i like to build out my calendar i don't like to stack all my projects together so we we take projects every like three weeks and so when I'm with the next person, I don't need it as much. So maybe I'll charge 6,000. It just really depends. And it's, it's also based on the client. Of course you can, I even have my pricing calculator is it's a big beast. So I have a thing that I use, it's called a client score. And it's essentially, it says client score, just in case I show it to clients, but essentially what it is, is a difficulty meter. And based on how difficult the client is, they get charged a percentage more. Okay. And I mean, 
I mean, all service-based businesses, if you're, if you're a more complicated customer or if you, if, cause there are certain people who, especially from a design standpoint, you know who they are. So from video editing, you know, they want to edit the video through you. They want you to pull up and say, what if we did this? Change this here, put a logo. Oh no, I don't like that. Let's do this instead. They want to do it through you. And that takes more time, effort, and complexity. It sounds so, uh, predatory, but it's really just protecting yourself. Exactly. Exactly. And to be perfectly honest with new clients, they automatically are at a zero. They don't get any extra, but repeat clients for sure. Based on like how complicated it's just knowing yourself and knowing what it takes. You're not just saying, oh, you're difficult. So I'm going to give you more. You're saying I'm going to invest the extra time to work with you. And this is what it's going to be. You don't necessarily, of course you give the final price, but based on that, you're able to give that extra time without feeling salty about it. Right. And without feeling like, oh, I hate this client. No, you've already paid for the extra loving care I'm going to give you. If it's uh, if it's something like your um, illustration that you started with, you know, just the very seed of what is now your your great business. You know, you could spend a half hour on that, but you could also spend 30 hours on it and the client will get the the level of quality based on what they're paying you know what i mean so so yes that I, that's that video on um sliding rates that that the uh, future puts out on youtube is very good if you're listening um it's you can find his name's chris doe and he's, he's on youtube um and that's actually an interesting transition since you are so self-taught what are some resources that you rely on to learn i love you asking that no one has asked me that um so of course i, I pay attention to the future i feel like he is the asian version of me uh, Asian and male, but you know, the Asian version of me, we're business minded, but we happen to be creative. He actually like craps on his illustrations and his design work all the time. Um, who else do I listen to? Um, he's probably the one I pay attention to the most. There are some smaller YouTubers. I can't quite think of any off the top of my head, but especially in the beginning stages, I personally took a different approach to um, like inspiration, because I realized you can kind of get into like analysis paralysis, right, where you just do all this research and pay attention to way too much. And all of that information does what puts the brakes on action, right, because then you get overwhelmed and you just don't do anything. So I recognized in the early stages what I needed was the community. And so I joined like a business group. Um, I joined all kinds of Facebook groups. I tried to connect with people as much as possible, my sales technique even. And even this today, like my, my exposure that I do with my podcast, I look at you guys as partners. So I would recommend doing that because you can learn so much from the person that's below you, above you, right next to you. You can learn so much. Um, but the future is definitely one that comes to mind. Um, also like just different, um, like Zapier and Mailer Light and later and those kinds of like newsletters and stuff in their workshops. I'm also, I used to be a mentor with SCORE, which is across the US and um, some of their workshops were pretty good. It depends on where you are in business, of course. Um, I feel like some of their content is, is catered more to people in the very beginning. And um, yeah, there's really not, I can't, I'm gonna be so sick when I think of someone after I'm like, oh my God, that was my opportunity to give them a shout out. <laughs> um, but that's really all I can think of the future and more agenda who does that like sliding scale of, of like when to charge what. I listen to him as well, but try not to pay attention. I, I mean, I, I hate to say this, but try not to pay attention to too many people because 
people really, this is something that I'm dealing with a lot right now. A lot of my clients are so, they know everything that the competitor is doing. I'm like, how do you have time to know this? Oh, she's doing this. He's doing that. I'm like, how do you know this? I don't have time to even pay attention. Um, but definitely get a mentor for sure. I also had mentors in the beginning as well. I had a guest on, he's a, he's a rapper and a writer and uh, his name's really Khalil. He came out last week, last Tuesday. And he said, it's like running a track race. And uh, if you're trying to finish and cross that line, you got to keep your head down and looking forward. You can't look at what everyone else is doing. Cause the second you start paying attention to them, you lose that focus and then they end up passing you. And I'm like, Ooh, that's really uh, a really great metaphor for the business side of things. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's great. Um, so uh, we talk a lot about, uh, on the show about being a generalist and doing a lot, for instance, like I'm a photographer and a videographer and a podcaster, and I constantly am going, okay, I don't do weddings anymore. I'm only going to focus on these things. Um, where are you on that spectrum of, do you do, do you offer everything or do you try and focus on specific niches and, uh, and, uh, how did you, how do you dial into that? If there's anything that I can, if there's like a word I can remove from like the business industry right now would be niche, niche, just in case someone pronounces it differently, um, target audience. What's more important, like, don't get me wrong, you need those things. And I preach those things. You need to know who your clients are or your ideal clients, especially, and know who they are on a personal level. But as far as like segmenting and all of that stuff, what's more important is that you know who they are and what they're looking for and that you're able to speak to their needs. So that's why when you asked me in the beginning, you're like, do you have any certain types of, no, I know what my clients, the common thread amongst them all struggle with. And that's what's important is that I can speak mm -hmm. to them. I literally have moments where people are in my DMs like, is this video about me? And I'm like, no, honey, I wasn't even thinking about you, <laughs> you know, or is this post about, or why are you in my room? People ask me all the time, like, do you have cameras? No, I just really understand and know where you are. So we can speak to their problem, their challenge, their concern. Like I ask the question all the time, and this is just the brand strategist in me. So I know people don't naturally think like this, but what's keeping your client up at night, right? It's not the movie trailer, right? It's not the photography shoot. That is what they believe is the solution, but how does that get them to where they need to be? And that's the underlying piece of who you help and how you help them, right? So you won't do weddings. And I'm going to assume it's probably because same reason why I don't do events anymore, <laughs> because people on the personal side of things have very crazy expectations and very small budgets. They got million dollar expectations and $10 in their pocket, and they want you to bring it to life. And that's just too much pressure. I commend anyone in that industry oh my gosh especially photographers um because the pricing is just ridiculous but anyways i don't really focus on um niching and audience and all that stuff i know who i help i know what i help them with and that is the most important thing if you can speak to your audience's problems if you can quote them if you can say things before they even get them out their mouth that's when you know you got your audience or your potential customer not so much of this industry. A lot of people think I have a whole video that I do on like client profiles, which is what I call like uh, the client research, the market research. I don't like calling it market research because when I was being told this, I was literally trying to Google and <laughs> there's no Google client research. Like there's no such thing. Like, don't get me wrong. There's databases and stuff, but it's not very helpful, but I try not to really segment honestly. And when it comes to like services, 
I just do what I'm really called to do. I hate to say it. And like, there's certain things that I've removed from my business. Like, but we also do printing, but it's more of like, as a result of the creative stuff, we have a whole print department that we can utilize. And that's a vendor that I use. Um, but it's not necessarily something that I promote or anything like that, because it's not the sole, it's not what I'm excited to do. It's just like, oh, if you want to print these um, really quality, you know, quality stock, I can do that. But you just have to pick and choose on what's most important to you. Where are you trying to take your clients from the transformation that they are getting, even if it's a person or a business, businesses still have goals as well. And so what are you trying to do for them and how in which are you going to do that for them, wherever they're trying to take them. So if you're business to business, most times it's a return on investment, it's money, right? So is, what can you do to help them see how, you know, that movie trailer is going to be a return on investment for them? You know, that's just an example, but I don't really focus on segmenting too much. And I'm a brand strategist, so you should take that seriously. <laughs> it's my yeah, job. Yeah. <laughs> I um I think you, you often learn what you uh, want to do by learning first what you don't want to do. And so at one point I said yes to doing everything. And then I just kind of have realized like I'm working so hard on something I don't really enjoy when there's all this stuff that they would need me and I enjoy it more. I'm just going to focus on that more. So that's kind of like how it, but. Um, and there's but a place for that. You're still, you're, you're, oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, there's a place for that. If I might add of like saying yes to everything in the very beginning, totally. you don't know what you like until you do it. So absolutely say yes. Well, and you're still following your passion and doing what you're following your calling and your purpose just you're yeah so we're doing it the same way it's just i um you know my our all of our paths you know lead us to where we are in different ways which mm -hmm. is like what i love about you know the, talking with you in this conversation if you were to look back on your life um are there it's hard to see ahead but looking back are there certain people you met or um connections you made or risks you took that really are like major turning points in your career um, I, I honestly would say that I don't, it just feels so topical, but like, I would say most interactions have changed me in some way, shape or form, even the bad ones. Like, of course we all have those projects that don't go well. And I, I have this kind of a continuous improvement mindset um we're just obsessed with finding like the best way to do something and so every interaction that i have whether it's small or a large one i i pull from it i pull from my experience on a on a very real day-to-day -day basis um so even just like poor experiences that i've had with clients or even great experiences like i i'm paying attention to that along the way anyone that i can call out specifically you know what this feels like this feels like that award show where you're like you made it who do you want to thank? <laughs> I love it though. I love it. Um, I'm trying to think. Um, I can't really think of anyone off the top of my mind. The problem is that I think it's very hard. Like you said, like you get that that tunnel vision. Well, what that tunnel vision doesn't allow you to do is stay in the present. Like it just keeps you focused on the future. Mm -hmm. So I love that question. I'm definitely going to do like some some. Think deep thinking, because I know that there are people, there's always people, I just can't think of anyone in particular. Um, if you were to give advice to your 18 year old self, um, do you think it would be 
okay, or if, even if it isn't you, um, should they go to business school or should they go to school for art or should they not go to school at all? What's kind of like the, the advice you give people? Okay, this is probably going to be a little controversial, but um, I have- that's, that's what I'm here for. <laughs> <laughs> I have um, kind of steered away from, so I think go to school to explore and to have experiences, but don't, the pressure that we put on 18 year olds to know what they want to do, sorry about that, um, to know what it is they want to do is, it's very unfair because you haven't you haven't explored with anything in the world, you haven't like tried anything, and then they're like, "What do you want to do for the rest of your life?" Pick it out of one of these boxes, and you're like, "I don't even know what this is." Turn my notifications off. I'm sorry. Give me one second. Okay, sorry about that. Um, so they're like, "I don't even know what what." Like me, for example, I didn't know what graphic design was. I know one of my family was in technology. No one, no one was a graphic designer. I had no idea. So I just say, if you're going to go to college and you have a vast idea, just know you aren't even who you are yet. Our brains don't stop developing until we're 27. Like, look that up. That's what, like, you aren't even the person you are yet. So like your brain is still developing. You're still like taking in things and creating this like, clay masterpiece of yourself and I think the pressure we put on teens to go to school and check a box is just super unnecessary but I don't like to discourage it because there's so much you learn in college so much you learn about yourself I feel like if anything college teaches you how to be really self-disciplined teaches you how to have your your independence I just don't think that it's worth like a hundred thousand dollars in student debt so if you can go there for free apply for those applications those scholarships oh my gosh I didn't apply for any apply for scholarships. I thought like, oh, I, I write a, a whole letter or not letter. What do you call those? Paper? I don't want to do that. <laughs> that's too much time. I would have definitely did it now. So that's the one advice. If you do go try to get, think about the bottom line and try to get like either fully covered or somewhat because it's honestly not worth the investment. You can learn everything yourself. Yeah. And, and if you're not sure what you want to do, it's okay to go to community school. Yeah. You can yeah. change your major. And I would say when you're in school, make a intense effort to get exposed to any and everything you're interested in. So apply That's for great advice. I've got, I got that advice. That's great advice. Yeah. Get into internships. Don't, don't worry if you're qualified, like sign up for any and everything. If you, if you think you got a little voice, take some voice classes, like do any and everything, because that's going to help you weed out what you don't like. Cool. Um, I want to give you an opportunity to kind of plug your business. Tell us how people can find out more about what you do and what kind of people uh, would benefit from your services. Absolutely. So um, I did actually talk about this, but I do have two companies right now. The second one was an accident. But so with Color Addicts, we're a creative agency. We do marketing. We do um, web design, like I mentioned in the beginning. I also do consulting. So if you're looking for a coach, definitely can help you with that. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Color Addict, spelled with K's, K-O-L-O-R-A-D-D-I-K-T. And then um, my women's group is a uh, mastermind group where we meet every Tuesday. And so it's very heavy on accountability, very heavy on feedback. I'm always really big on feedback and learning to give and receive feedback. That's one of the biggest things in the group that we do. 
Um, we have feedback, so we're a Slack community, but then we also meet as well. So if you're interested in any of those things, it is a women's group. Unfortunately, I don't have like a man's version. I think I will do that at some point in the future. Maybe you can lead it for me. <laughs> you're like, I'm up for it. Let's I'd go. love to collaborate. I don't know how, what that would look like, but uh, yeah, it's, you yeah. Know, it's really nice to People ask to me you. all the time, like, oh my gosh, like there, there's no, there's, why just only women? I'm like, I'm sorry, guys. I don't, I, when I started, it was only women and I, now there's just women. <laughs> um, but unfortunately, I can't go backwards because like some women are literally there with kids and, you know, it's just different. But definitely, I'm definitely open to collaborating, doing anything in the future. Like this was super fun. I love your questions. I love your questions. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it was great to get to know you as well. Um, and I'll, you know, we'll, you know, we'll be uh, staying in touch. Do you have any last like closing words for, uh, for our listeners? Uh, it could be just what, something you want to leave them with. Yes. Give yourself grace, give yourself grace and permission to explore and permission to just exist. Stop putting all this pressure on yourself. Like we, I was literally meeting with someone early today and she said, I should have been here. I could have been, give yourself grace. Okay. This is a journey. This is not an, a race. This is a journey. So you're jogging along the way and you're going to be right where I am. And then you're going to be a few steps back and then you're going to go where Steve Jobs is. Well, no, that's a terrible example. <laughs> you get the point like CEO, crazy money. So give yourself grace and permission to just exist and explore and make mistakes. That's awesome. Uh, well, in upcoming episodes of The Creative Truth, I'm going to be talking to more artists, entrepreneurs, and creative professionals about their path to success. So if you have episode feedback, you can email me at wecreatetruth at gmail.com, suggestions for guests. If you have any questions for Chrissy, you can send them there. You can also, if you're watching on YouTube, you could drop it below. If you're watching on YouTube, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. If you're listening on your favorite podcast platform, don't forget to please leave me a good review. And uh, we'll see you in the next episode. Thanks for listening. Thank you so much for having me.